people before you take your seats. We're not in COVID anymore, that's okay. You can take a seat now. <laughs> okay, maximum participation from the front. I'm proud of you guys, well done, so good. It is great to be with you here for week three of Ecclesia. Uh, I have loved this series. I hope you guys have really got some, something out of it as well. Uh, and it's my privilege to do week three. I thought it would be a great place to start looking at the early church. So what did the actual early church look like? The one that was established in Acts 2. So that's where we're going to kick off this morning. Acts 2, verse 44 to 47. And all those who had believed in Jesus as Saviour were together and had all things in common, considering their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds with all the other believers as anyone had need. Day after day they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts, praising God continually and having favour with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, help. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) You don't have to be eloquent, you know, when you're praying. Just uh, keep it real. I love it. There are some experiences, I think, in life that are just better done with people. And to prove my point, we are going to have a bit of a poll this morning where everybody gets to participate. Even the chapel guys, you guys get to participate in this poll as well, simply by raising your hand if you think the activity that I say is better done on your own, or raising both hands if you think the activity is better done with other people. Pretty easy concept, right? Yes? Raise your hand once if you understand what I'm asking you to do. Okay, there's some hands there. Yes, Andy, two hands. Thank you for that. All right, so I'm going to name an activity and you have to raise one hand if you think it's better done on your own, two hands if you think it's better done with other people. Going to the beach. I like my solo beach trips, but a lot of people are two hands. Okay, this is good. This is good. You're a lot more people friendly than I am. Uh, Watching a movie. Yes, Jared, I'm with you. Uh, like going to the cinema, I, I enjoy going to the cinema on my own. I don't like talkers. I just don't like talkers. <laughs> in a movie, in a movie. Dining out, going out for a meal. Yep, I'm two hands as well. Doing a puzzle. Okay, if you don't raise your hand, that means you don't do the activity. That's fair enough. There is a process. There is a process. Solo all the way. Road tripping. Like jumping in a car, blaring some tunes. Yeah, car conversations, they're pretty good. Exercise. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of both. Like I, I like my solo, but then I like group classes too. Fishing. I don't fish, so I'm like hands down for that. But some better with people. Okay, this is good. Church. Yes, everyone's participating in that. How did you go, Chapel? I hope there were hands raised over there. I have long been of the position that church, the ecclesia, is a together thing. It's a together thing. As Pastor Jared helped us understand in week one, the church is not a building or a brand, but it's a bride and the body of Christ, the people gathering together. It's a collective of people who share this common faith in Jesus who enjoy and welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit and uh, gather to lift his name up. So in week three of Ecclesia, I want to talk about together. And of course, Kerry comes with props. 
Yes. Okay, together. <laughs> um, I think together um, is such an important part of Ecclesia. Uh, and do you know that together, that word uh, is mentioned over 30 times in the book of Acts in the New King James Version, which I love because we know the story of Acts, right? The account of Acts is actually the account of the early church. They've heard Jesus' teachings and now they're going to go and implement it in the world and bring his gospel to life. And we are the continuation of that story. The book of Acts hasn't actually finished. And as I was reading Acts 2 and how the early church looked, and I was reading it in different versions or translations to kind of get the better picture, the one in the voice for verse 44 really caught me and it just resonated with my heart. There was an intense sense of togetherness among all who believed. Don't you love that? An intense sense of togetherness. It was far more than just physically gathering, but there was just this deep sense of we are in this together. And it was, it was more than just practical and physical gathering. They were together in mind. Uh, mind here meant the same passion and describes people who share this common, um, precious faith, the revelation of God's work. Many of them had actually walked with Jesus and, f- and heard firsthand, how fortunate, uh, but uh, some of them didn't. Uh, and they were relying on the Holy Spirit, just like we do, to reveal God's word to us. And this shared faith fed their togetherness and it formed the framework of their unity. Then out of that, they loved and served one another. So they were together in mind, uh, in, in mind, but then they were together in heart. They assisted each other practically and spiritually. So practically, they helped one another. They physically, financially helped and supported one another, especially the needy among them. And spiritually, they encouraged each other. They stirred one another up in their faith on a daily basis. Shared faith, shared responsibility. And when you just read it in the Bible like that, you read the black words on the white page, it looks like it just happened. Like, snap your fingers, they had a faith, and they were just together. But I can't reconcile that to my experience of the human condition, (laughs) that people just magically get along, um, that they just happen to be all together um, in heart and in mind. Uh, That takes work, right? Um, Think about uh, how this played out for them in real life. Think about the early church. Put yourself in their shoes. Well, they had sandals back then, so put yourself in their sandals uh, and, uh, and see how they actually modeled this culture of together. Before Jesus, they were all too familiar with all the divides that were in place, the things that would separate them, uh, the, the haves and the have-nots, the, the coulds and the could-nots, um, particularly around the things of faith. Some people could have a faith and some people couldn't have a faith. But then along comes Jesus, revolutionises the whole thing. Uh, he he, uh, he fulfills the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, at the same time as establishing the New Covenant, and then everybody, like everybody, Jews, Gentiles, um, women, men, um, eunuchs, leprous children, the whole kit and caboodle could have a genuine faith in Jesus and therefore a relationship with God. Paul says it like this in Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. But while they had this shared faith and they were trying to all make it work, sometimes that was the only thing that they shared. (laughs) 
Just because their beliefs aligned, it didn't mean that their personalities assimilated. They didn't just all become this one mega human. They all just didn't become like each other. They were together, same heart, same mind, but they were also different, different experiences, different gifts, different personalities, which is the beauty and the brilliance of the New Covenant Church, the Ecclesia, us. This is exactly us, hello 2024 church life. We work hard to navigate backgrounds and ethnicities, experiences, perspectives, to be the church, to be the ecclesia, to allow our faith to unite us together and not let anything else come between us. I know I can do it better. Can you? I know we can all do it better. Help us, Holy Spirit. Because it is confronting to admit that sometimes it's just not easy to jump on the together train. Woo, woo, all together, sometimes not. <laughs> because we all have to deal with our own stuff. We all have things inside of us that, that um, pull us back or hold us back um, from wanting to jump on that together train. Previous hurt, the baggage that we carry. This person offended me or, or uh, I've got some resentment or bitterness in that area. What about presumptions and prejudice? The filters that we see the world through, that can stop us from being and doing together well. What about pride? We all have it, that chip on our shoulder. Partiality, the favour that we show some people and not others. And a big one, personal insecurities. Those feelings of uncertainty and inadequacy. All of those things can leave us, I guess, on the platform and watch that together train just go past instead of jumping on board. But here's a truth bomb. You were waiting for it. (laughs) The inconvenient truth is that togetherness demands something of all of us. Togetherness demands something from every single one of us. We all need to work on together because there are three things that we can't do. We can't do together individually. It's not a solo thing. You can't be in union with yourself. (laughs) I talk to myself as much as the next person, but it's not a relationship, right? (laughs) You have to be together. You can't do it individually. As the famous poet John Donne writes, and a lot of people would know the first stanza of this, but I'm going to go all three. No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for me. And I love that concept of no man is an island, we can't do together on our own individually. We also can't do together selectively. It's not a pick and choose kind of thing. Together gives this impression of all in, which is what the picture is in Acts 2. Everyone was together, even the ones we didn't really like, the ones we didn't really get along with, the ones we didn't really know, the new ones, the old ones, the ones that have been there forever. Together means everyone is valued, cared for, seen, contributing, sharing, carrying, considered, included, celebrated. We can't do it selectively. I'm going to just do together with this group of people, but I'm not going to do together with that group of people. Together is together. 
And the third one, you can't do together mechanically. It can't be cold or or, um, clinical. It was a spirit, not a rule. It's a framework, not a formula. There was this shared heart among the people, not an obligation to fulfill. And we need to be intentional, no doubt, but we can't be impersonal. It can't be cold and considered. Together's not by rote, it's by heart. So I've said the things that we can't do together like, but how can we do together? I'm so glad you asked. And this is where all my props come in handy. I'm a visual person, so I'm hoping that this, you know, helps uh, cement the thoughts this morning. (laughs) How do we do together? I've got an acrostic. Who remembers acrostics from like school or from English? It's where every letter represents, like of a word represents something. Um, So goat is an acrostic, greatest of all time, right? So I'm going to do together, and each of these stand for something that we can do better to do together better. You with me? Great. All right, first one is time with Jesus. T is for time with Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but the more time that I spend with Jesus, the more others focus I become. Our faith feeds our togetherness, which is what we saw in Acts 2. Our faith is key, uh, especially when the things that we gather around are the teachings, what we understand about God, but also our love for one another. And the more that I grow in my relationship with him, the more I nurture these relationships around my life. And when I spend time with him, it does not take me long to start then being mindful or prayerful of other people. It happened just the other day. I was out on my patio. I was just delighting in his creation, enjoying the day, looking at the breeze, looking at the breeze, looking at the tree. Uh, (laughs) That's very like lateral thinking. Um, Looking at the tree blowing in the breeze uh, and uh, just saying, you know, thank you, Jesus, for such a great day. And it wasn't long before names just started to drop into my heart. Pray for them. Pray for that person. Um, That person's got stuff going on. Because that's how Jesus works. He feeds our togetherness. When we focus on him, he gets our eyes diverted from our own stuff and onto him and onto other people. So that is definitely a way that we can do together better. Just spend some more time with Jesus, people. (laughs) I know it does something for me, and I know it'll do something for you as well. The O is for openness. Now, I understand that being vulnerable doesn't automatically mean that you cry, um, but I am a crier. So <laughs> this, is, this is representing O for me, um, our vulnerability, openness. Our vulnerability accelerates um, relationship, and we see that uh, Jesus in the garden with the disciples in Matthew 26. Going back to that Acts 2 It seemed like the early church were comfortable with people knowing their stuff, knowing their business. How else would they know who to distribute the finance to on the sale of the property if they didn't know that someone was going through a hard time? And so how comfortable are we at letting people in our church um, world, our ecclesia, know about the good times but also the bad times, the, the stuff that we're struggling with? Now, I understand there are boundaries and you've got to use wisdom with navigating that. You can't tell everybody everything, Um, but there is a certain sense of openness when we come together, Um, and when we build that togetherness, that vulnerability will be there. So how are we going with sharing our lives with other people, the good stuff and the bad stuff, because it will help our togetherness. G, for generosity, I have a whole dollar and five in here, that was all that was in my little cash tin who carries cash these days seriously coins even anyway 
Anyway, G for generosity. And yes, we are talking about money from the platform. That's okay because it is a church uh, and um, that's the model that Jesus um, uh, implemented and established. Our generosity makes way for togetherness. King Solomon in Proverbs 11 talks about the generous will be refreshed when they refresh other people. Uh, Now, how the church demonstrated generosity in Acts 2 was timely and contextual for them. If you keep reading through Acts, uh, you'll see that it doesn't last forever. Um, That model of selling property and distributing the funds to help those in need um, was just a timely thing. But what God wanted preserved was that heart, that heart of generosity, that sense of I'm going to hold on to this thing, whatever this thing is, this material possession, um, this thing that I've got responsibility to steward, I'm going to hold on to that lightly, ready to, get, to let go, ready to give it to somebody else at, at somebody else's point of need, just as soon as they need it. That sense of I'm going to be there and I'm going to be able to financially support and provide for people. And we've got different ways of expressing that generosity in 2024. Maybe it's shouting somebody a coffee after the service. Maybe it's covering a gal's registration for someone who can't afford it. Maybe it's buying someone a TV. Hey, I'll put my hand up for that. Um, <laughs> I've got a good one, but... Um, The way that we can be generous makes way for togetherness. I hope this is okay. E for eat together. Yes, universally known. Food brings people together. (laughs) We know this. Uh, Paul is encouraging us in Romans 12 to practice hospitality. And when they talk about that in the New Testament, they don't just mean with those um, in your world, your loved ones, this very um, insular kind of group, Uh, but it's actually a broader context. It's a lot more um, people outside of just, I guess, your faves. So when's the last time that you had a meal with somebody from church, not as a part of an event? <laughs> like, yes, we do eat together uh, when we go to gals. Yes, we do eat together when we have something uh, in the foyer after a service. But what about those other times outside of a church uh, service context? We just catch up with someone for coffee. You take them out for a brekkie. You meet someone for dinner. Uh, I don't think it has to be elaborate or fancy. I've really enjoyed um, this year, we started, or maybe it started last year, started to do BYO brekkies in the park with a friend. So we just bring whatever we want to eat for breakfast that day and we just meet in a park and we're catching up, um, but it's not expensive, it's not elaborate, um, but we're we're eating together, we're having a meal together. Or another one of my tricks uh, is a $3 chocolate lick from Max Brenner. If you know, you know. So it's just like a melted pot. Pastor Brennan is like disgusted right now. (laughs) It's a melted pot, individual melted pot of chocolate that you eat with a spoon. It's just divine, people. Costs you three bucks uh, and uh, and it's just a great excuse to go out and catch up with somebody. But eat together. That's what um, modelled in the early church. They had meals together and that is one way that brings us together. Another tea, time with one another. Who loves board games? Anyone a big board game fan or or a card game? Big yes from the Lindas on the front row. Love it. (laughs) The more time, the more together. Jesus is just hanging out with his disciples in John 3. We all know that relationships take time, right? When's the last time that you met someone from church, outside of church, or even come early or stay late? We've got a brilliant deck um, out the front uh, of the uh, church venue um, that's uh, you know, always got furniture out there on good days, <laughs> uh, and it's a great spot just to hang and just to chill, um, enjoy some time together, uh, because that 
that um, really does bring that sense of togetherness. And it absolutely thrills me to bits when I hear people organically organising stuff. Just going, hey, just a few of us are going to go to the park. Or hey, a few of us are going to go for a pool party. Whatever it might be. Because I think, I look at that and I think, yeah, that's the church being together. Uh, And I, it just thrills me so much. H is for help one another. I'm like, if this was a different kind of illustration, we could go to town on this, but no, it's not. Um, help one another. Uh, Paul is encouraging us in Galatians that whenever we got the opportunity, Galatians 6, we should help one another, be, do good to one another, because we really are in this together. And I remember that um, movie, it's like years ago now, called Robots, and they had that famous catch cry, see a need, fill a need, Yeah. I love that concept because it was like, hey, I'm going to be a proactive part of this solution. Um, There were different capacities in the early church in Acts 2, people who had property to sell and people that weren't able to do that. And yet all of their needs were met. There wasn't a single person that didn't have their needs met. And I love that it was both practically and spiritually. I think we can get sort of caught up in, well, helping people, that means going to mow someone's lawn um, or dropping off some groceries or doing that practical side of thing. But we're talking church, we're talking ecclesia, so it's actually spiritual as well. How are we encouraging one another in our faith today? How are we stirring each other up uh, in in our relationship with Jesus? Uh, in our faith. And hint, it's not giving a person ample opportunity to practice patience. (laughs) That is not the way to help someone grow. uh, Sometimes that's God and sometimes that's infuriating. Um, How can we help people um, both practically and spiritually grow in their faith? Because we really are in this together. Uh, second E is enjoy each other. I really didn't know what the prop was going to be for this one, but I'm going with the peace sign uh, because that to me says like harmony and we're enjoying one another, we're, we're, we're okay with each other, which is what the early church uh, demonstrated. They, they ate meals with joy. And my encouragement and, and one way that I think we can do together, that I can do, that we can do together better, is find joy in the together. They were able to find ways to enjoy being around one another, which again we know takes some effort. It's not an easy thing to do. I remember remember when I was in Bible college back in 2002, there was a lady that started uh, the same course at the same time and I did not like her from day one. There was just something, we just did not click. There was just, we just grated each other. I have no idea what she thought about me, but I knew what I thought about her. Um, we, just, we just did not get along, and it was starting to be really problematic a few weeks in. So I talked to Principal Kelly at the time, Pastor Brendan was my principal, <laughs> and I said, and he probably doesn't remember, um, but I remember because it was very um, meaningful to me. I, I was talking to him and say, how can I, you know, I, I want to um, make this better help. And he said, why don't you pray for her? And I thought, very wise words. Um, I will start praying, but it was pretty reluctant to begin with. Uh, I pray for her. Yep, that's it. Moving on. (laughs) Um, But after a while, I started to genuinely pray for her and I started to see uh, things to appreciate about her. I started to see things that were actually unique to her and my heart really did take a shift Uh, and it wasn't long until we actually started to bond and we started to enjoy one another's company Uh, and uh, she was actually one of my favourite people um, of all year um, to do the Bible college life with. Um, Enjoy one another. You might not get along with everybody. 
in a church. I don't know if that's news to you, but hey, we're all people and that's okay. We're a family, not a factory. (laughs) Uh, And our faith feeds our togetherness, not our uniformity. We're not all going to be the same people. We've already talked about that. But being together and doing church, Ecclesia together, means that we need to learn to love and unearth ways to enjoy each other's company. And the last one, rely on God. If you were here for week one, Pastor Jared actually talked about the wall where we handed out the little Legos. Uh, And this is how God builds his church, with Lego pieces. No, uh, (laughs) we are the living stones. Um, But rely on God. We look to God to build his house. Jesus says it in Matthew 16. And Acts tells us, Acts 2, says that God added to the church daily. And we do ourselves the favour when we remember that it's actually God building the house. (laughs) And he's the one that's working on hearts in the same way that he's working on our hearts to help us be more together. He's helping other people do that as well. So we really are in this together. And something I loved from the passage uh, in Acts 2 about God adding to the church uh, was that it seemed like all the new people that had just sort of been added seemed to be a part of the together really quickly. They were That intense sense of togetherness seemed to describe everybody, whether they were there from day one or whether they joined in day 305. It was this sense of everybody, no matter where you, you joined the, the house, everybody had this sense of togetherness. And historically in church life, there's a rise in um, new people um, in churches um, between Christmas and Easter, a real high traffic time for church. And that's been true of us. And if that's you this morning, um, a big hello. But what an amazing responsibility we have as the ecclesia, as the church, to welcome them, to uh, include them so that they no longer feel on the outer, but they feel a part of us quickly. They feel like they can be together. They can join us together. Join as easy as possible. How can we do that? How can we make sure that people, no matter when they join us, they feel a part of us? I think it's all of these things. (laughs) Time with Jesus, openness, generosity, eating together, time with one another, helping one another, enjoying each other's company and relying on God. This is how we do together and this is how we do Ecclesia. Why don't you stand with me this morning? And I'm going to be praying for me as much as I'm praying for you that God just helps us to have this spirit of togetherness so that we can enjoy uh, doing the Ecclesia in the way that God had intended. Father, thank you so much for this privilege of being part of your Ecclesia. God, we don't take it for granted that each of us have this genuine faith and we bring it together to worship you. We pray so much, God, that you help every single one of us to uh, jump on that together train. Lord, whatever it means to address inside of us, if it's those, those hurts, those insecurities, pride, prejudice, partiality, all the things that would maybe hold us back. 
Father, we pray that you help us, Holy Spirit, to be able to work through those so that we can do together well. Because your church is meant to be a together thing and we want to be together. So we thank you, God, that you're always working. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're always um, moving on us and you're always growing us and encouraging us. And we pray that we grow and encourage each other as well. We thank you for the Ecclesia and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's a together thing. Hey, so don't rush off after the service. Come and enjoy a coffee from the coffee bar uh, and we'll see you back for our last instalment of Ecclesia next week. Thanks, team.